Welcome to Building Fortunes Radio. Make sure you check us out at buildingfortunesradio.com. Along with our marketing partners, we're here to help our PM Marketing Network Lead customers build their businesses and make the world a better place. At Building Fortunes, we know how much your business means to you and the people important to you. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world. Now on to our show with your host, Peter Meagles. For those people unfamiliar with my voice, my name is Peter. I want to thank you for listening in. We host this call every Thursday night at 9.30 Eastern Time, and you can um, hear these calls archived on our website. So if you're new to this, and I know every week we get new people listening in for maybe the first time, if you're new to this, we take these calls and then we'll record them. We'll put them up on the web so you'll be able to listen to them another time. And if you go to networkleads.com, so it's www.networkleads.com, you can actually go to the training page, click on the archived audios, and inside the archived audios, you'll be able to hear these different calls. Dr. Charles and I have been working together for a long time. It's been, I think it, I, if my dates are close, I made my first phone call to Dr. Charles King back in 1996 or 1997. I know it was either, it was right in between there. Right. And I was looking for... Um, some academic foundation behind the validity, if you will, of running a home-based business like a network marketing company. And when I spoke to him, he had told me about a seminar that he had going on. Way back then, he did the seminar in Chicago in February, and I had just moved down to Florida, so I was not really looking forward to flying back to Chicago in February. And, Dr. Charles, you may not remember, but it was cold. Yes, I do remember. It was cold. Wow. And I just flew back for that. But what happened was I was looking to, 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 to get, in, get more information about this industry. I knew that my belief systems about whatever I was doing um, were going to be critical towards me being successful or not. And if I had a strong belief, then I'd be able to go like crazy. But if I had a, a weak belief, I'd probably hold myself back. So I understood that belief was going to be really important. And I wasn't sure because... I had some exposure to sales, sales management, a little bit about like what it was like to do something with network marketing through my previous direct sales experience, but I really want to know if this is where I should go to have my next career. And I got a chance to meet Dr. Charles King in 1997. I went to his university certification course as a student, and then afterwards started doing some stuff with the lead generation. The rest is history, and I come back and I get a chance to be a teacher, at least a little sliver that I get at the um, at the university certification course, but I would go back to that certification course regardless of whether I was a guest speaker or not because I understand the power of belief and how much that means. So if I believe in myself, I believe in the company, believe in the industry, I can go a lot further, take out all the stops, and I would go back anyway. So I go back all the years that, that Dr. Charles does it, uh, has a chance to do the seminar in uh, Chicago, and you hear a little bit about the seminar as we start talking. But I always ask Dr. King when I know he's in town and I know we have a chance, especially when we're coming close to the seminar, can you come on our call one more time? So this might be, this probably will be the last time because the seminar is coming up quickly. Maybe we'll have him back after the seminar, talk about some of the examples of some of the things that are going on in the industry after the seminar. But I want to thank everyone for being here and getting a chance to hear a, a, a great gentleman, a strong um, evangelist, if I could use that expression, for the industry, and that's Dr. Charles King. Dr. Charles, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for the opportunity, buddy, because, uh, as a matter of fact, I want to tell all the listeners on this call, you're doing one of the most fantastic jobs, 
in providing a platform of information and education for these people of anyone in the industry. There are a number of spokespeople, but you're just doing a fantastic job. The idea of having all these calls archived and all the work you do to generate speakers like myself and others uh, is just fantastic, and you do it as a part of your business, but it's really a contribution to the industry. And the fact that you are doing such a good job in bringing technology to bear, having uh, websites and all that, I'm just very impressed. This is the first time I realized that you have these web meetings. Yeah, we and, and we'll show you more of the stuff that we do when we come to the seminar, but I have never seen the ability for technology to wrap its way around the personalized things that we need to do in a business. So when you wrap technology and good skills and good opportunity, really people can run a global business from home, as opposed to like when even when you first started the seminar, a lot of people that were doing home-based businesses were really doing other people's homes-based right. business. But nowadays, if you can't figure out how to make a multi-million dollar uh, business in the back bedroom of your house or wherever you have an Internet connection and telephone connection, you're probably doing something wrong, which, which really leads me up to one of the things we were going to talk about. Um, and, and I want to find out a little bit more about you, but we're going to talk a little bit about building a global business. And people sometimes say, how in the world am I going to be able to do that from home? So let's, we can talk about that in a second. But for those people who may have never heard anything about Dr. Charles King, can you give us maybe the two or, minute, two or three minute story about who Dr. Charles King is and anything else you want to talk about? And, of course, you can include what you did today as far as being a university professor. Right. I am, in fact, a professor of marketing at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and I have been involved as an educated educator researcher with network marketing now since 1990-91. And the quick summary of that is why does uh, someone who has a Harvard degree uh, who's been in academia now a long time get involved uh, in network marketing? I'm involved as a researcher, as an educator, as an author. I'm not involved as a distributor. So in that sense, I'm totally independent. I give my independent appraisal of the industry. And uh, the end result is that I decided in 1990-91, because of enormous pressures we were having, if you recall that era, we had a major recession, depression in the Midwest and across the country, but particularly bad in the Midwest. So we were not able to essentially get jobs for our students. The end result was many of those students were not getting jobs they were taking semi-skilled or skilled labor positions after spending four or five years in college, a bad time. So my dean came to me and asked me, because I had business contacts, find something we can teach our students that will make them money, something people will pay them to do. And at that same window of time, remember this, we had our first wave of downsizing, and more and more middle managers were being dismissed. The auto industry went from seven levels to five levels to three levels in about three years. So we had an enormous number of middle managers out fighting for the same jobs that our graduates used to get at entry level. So we had a serious problem. So I started looking for what we could teach our students to make them money, get them jobs, or make them self-sustaining. I looked at starting your own business. Great idea but it takes money, time, and experience. Our students had none of those. 
Second, I look at franchising, a, a higher a higher success level because you get business in a box, but again, requires time, money, and uh, and experience. Our students didn't have that, so I turned to direct selling. And as Peter's heard this story enough times, in direct selling, I backed into network marketing. Network marketing, I didn't know anything about it. I was a Harvard graduate, but I did not learn network marketing at the Harvard Business School. That's a lie. Anyone who says that is misinformed. It's not true. Harvard does not teach network marketing. So I turned to my student and I said, uh, uh, what, uh, what is this network marketing business you're promoting? He said, let's, if you don't know anything about it, he said, let's go out and investigate. Let's go to meetings. Let's go to the library. Let's gather information. And I looked at that young man and I said very carefully, I know enough to know about network marketing to know I don't want to know any more. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't know a thing about network marketing. The student looked at me and he said, Professor, if I gave you that answer to that question with no more information than you have about network marketing, you would give me an F. You would say I didn't know what I was talking about. Professor, I give you an F. You don't know what you're talking about. I was stunned. The student shot me in the face. And uh, if you've heard this story, it is absolutely true. The end result was I said, son, you just made an A. Let's go investigate network marketing. For the next six months, my student team, I and my wife, toured and researched and did the things necessary, did due diligence. In September of 1991, we launched the first course in network marketing in a major university in the country. We integrated it into the marketing program at the university, and it became not how to do network marketing, like we will talk about at the seminar, but the idea of network marketing as a channel distribution within the marketing discipline. And we taught people who had never heard of the concept of network marketing. We taught them the legitimacy, what it could do well, and we concluded from our research two things. Number one, network marketing is the most powerful and efficient channel of communication, channel distribution in all of the marketing disciplines because it pays on performance. Number two, that people like all of us on this call can make a substantial amount of money if we're interested in committing and doing the business correctly. And so at that point, I started teaching it here, and we decided that we needed to teach it generically for all of the practitioners like on this call to do it more professionally. And professional network marketing has been my my evangelistic credo for 12 years. We're in our 12th year of the seminar. So, Peter, that's my background. Excellent. Now, I know... Um you started back in the in the early 1990s, right? And um, you had some guest speakers initially, and I know Mark Yarnell was one of them. Yes. And if anybody's ever had a chance to listen to Mark Yarnell speak, he is probably one of he the. He's a powerful player. Oh my gosh! Um, just just He's to our, go, you know, speaker at the seminar. Yeah, just to see him and hear him is just amazing. And one of the things that I recognized when I went to the seminars, besides the stuff that he would do in presenting, I'd probably get a chance to hear him, just like talk. And the nuggets that came out from from the conversations that he had were just amazing. And it probably would have taken me years to figure that stuff out on my own. 
But I got a chance to hear that, and they were they were doing some things that were pretty amazing. And then obviously the course has pro- progressed since then, since technology has been there, and you have a lot more guest speakers right now. Right. But I decided to go there, like I said, because I wanted to gain um, a knowledge of the industry and a belief in the industry. And then afterwards, once I started building a network marketing company, I brought my leaders, and I brought some other people from our company. Matter of fact, we asked you to come in and kind of research the company and kind of, you know, give us uh, an idea of what was going on as far as the infrastructure to be able to handle the growth. And that was really key. So building belief, I always knew, was extremely important. So can you share with us what happens when people come there? And the only reason why I say this now, there's a final uh, push, if you will, of having the opportunity of people to get to this year's seminar. You're going to be doing a seminar in October. I'm going to put up the little slide. We have a little bit on the screen right now for you looking at it. But we're going to have a... Finally, you know, if they're planning on driving or flying or whatever, they better get there now. Right. Because you're going to have a seminar in 2006, and we already know you're probably not going to have the seminar in 2007. That's correct. In fact, we're going back to Dubai and Singapore, and uh, it's going to be a, a whirlwind tour. But we will not be doing one as we plan now for 2007. So if you're excited about the industry now, come to this program. And we'll talk about that in a second. But one of the topics we were going to talk about, we talked about the last time you were here, was the professionalism of network marketing. And it kind of led us to the expansion, if you will, of network marketing, maybe besides the people that were pushing soap or whatever else you might think of, maybe blue-collar workers that were looking to make an extra 50 or 100 bucks a week or an extra 50 or 100 bucks a month. And now it's gotten very professional. The, the bar has been raised. We have lots of people doing network marketing from all different spectrums. They choose network marketing as a business model, but now it's also starting to expand globally even faster than you know anyone could ever imagine. So when we think about technology and when we think about building a business and all that sort of stuff, I know a lot of people are saying to themselves, how in the world can I take, should I be taking advantage of that global market? How do I take advantage of that global market? Um, how, do, how have other people done it before? You know, everybody thinks you have to be well-connected to be able to do these things. So let's talk a little bit about the expansion of the industry and if you can focus on the international market as well and maybe some of the stories or the examples of people that you know that maybe might have been sitting in a chair like they are today saying, how am I going to do this or can this work for me or is that going to be for some other people? Exactly. I, I, I am very blessed and pleased that you invited me back because we just received the most latest information the World uh, Federation of Direct Selling Associations. All of the direct selling associations of the world have a trade association. And the end result is that they just released their latest data as of September 2-9. And so the bottom line, the global world network marketing industry is roughly $102 billion worldwide. Think about that, $102 billion there are roughly uh, 58 million distributors worldwide involved in network marketing. That is the fastest-growing segment of the industry. The United States is growing at 2 or 3%. The worldwide industry is growing much, much faster, and that's an an enormous opportunity. The the latest data, about uh, 475,000 new distributors join every month. Does that look like power? Now, when I talk to the next step, the big growth potential is in developing countries. Developing countries. Let's talk about three, for example, regions. First, let's talk about India. India has a billion people. A billion people. Now, let's take the next country. 
China has 1.3 billion people. The end product is from there, we talk about Latin America, 700 million. If you take those three regions of the world, 1, 1 billion in India, 1.3 billion in China, and 700 million in Latin America, we're talking about 3 billion people. You'll say, but they're all poor people. My students tell me this. But, Professor, you don't understand. The people from our country are poor Indians, Chinese. I say, yes, but let's talk about the story of large numbers. If you say that 20 to 30% of the people in your country are middle or upper middle class, and that's a small number compared to the United States, but on the other hand, 20 to 30 million percent of a $3 billion uh, three billion population. Do the arithmetic. We're talking about 20 to 30 percent times three billion people. That means 200 to 300 million people as network marketing candidates who haven't even heard about the industry yet. Peter, the growth in international marketing with those three regions of the world, absolutely, absolutely outstanding. Keep in mind. The Chicago Tribune today said that the United States was approaching 300 million people. In the United States, we have a large population of middle class, about 70%, 80%. That's a different world. There are more people, if you take 80% times 300, you're talking 240,000. There are more people in the developing countries than we have in the United States and Canada who are candidates for network marketing. The global growth is absolutely outstanding. So the potential is there. So what you're suggesting is that, of course, you can still make a ton of money here in the U.S. Of course. But as companies start to expand overseas and they deal with the different issues that are out there, there is a huge potential for growth. So whether your company is growing, and, and Dr. Charles, it's not going to go away in the next six months. Oh, it's it, there forever. It's going to be there for a real long period of time. So for those people that are saying, well, my company's not international yet, that's probably the correct statement. It's not international yet. You have huge opportunities. And most companies, because of computers, they convert currency, because of um, shipments, they handle the shipments for you. It's not like you have to worry about all the things over the, in those international companies that you might have 10, 15, 20 years ago. You could literally have people in countries that you're getting paid on that you've never, countries you probably couldn't even pick out on the map. So let's talk a little bit about that international expansion. I know at the seminar you start to talk, there's a whole section about global expansion, and they talk about simple things that people can do um, that most people would never think about on how they can start to expand internationally. So can you touch on some of them? Yes. Typical example, people will say, oh, but I don't have any, any foreign contacts. Well, if your company is going into Korea, your company is going into uh, Japan, your company is going into Malaysia, your company is going into France, wherever your company is expanding, that means you want to get connected with nationals in those country areas. So the bottom line is, how do you do that? Well, who are the people who normally are national? You go to those national resident restaurants. So if you're Indian, you go to an Indian restaurant. If you're looking for India as a, as a country site, or if you're looking for France as a country site, 
or Korea is a country site, you go to Korean restaurants, Indian restaurants, French restaurants, and you make contacts with the restaurant entrepreneurs. Your line is very simple. I'm trying to build a business in France or in uh, Iran or wherever, and you say, I would like to make contact with you and use you as a business reference to get me connected with other entrepreneurs. Well, he is that person, if they're entrepreneurs at all, will be looking for ways they can extend their entrepreneurial interest into their homeland. And they will help you get contacts from people they know. Or you run an ad. And, Peter, we've had stories so often of people who run simple ads. I'm looking for an entrepreneur in Japan who would uh, be interested in international business. I would like to sponsor and work with that person in the San Francisco newspaper. High population from Japan in San Francisco. The individual gets calls. He qualifies the people on a call. Can you speak English? Do you have relatives or contacts in Japan? And suddenly you have a Japanese distributor. And then you go from there, and uh, you've heard this horror story before, but it's not horror, it's great success. An individual I know personally with a major company did, in fact, his company opened in Japan, and he ran an ad just like that in the San Francisco newspaper. He received several calls, many of whom could not speak English, but he did find several people who could, and he said, would you be interested in being my representative in Japan. Contact your people. They said, we will. They signed up, became distributors under him, and they disappeared. Now, they called him back periodically, but he didn't know where that was going. The end result was, about a few months later, after some conference calls like this, they called him back and said, would you come to Tokyo? Now, this young man was not making a lot of money. He had to put a second mortgage on his house to get the money to go to Tokyo. He did. He got to Tokyo, and he I think he had six or 700 people. Not impressive, but it justified his trip. So he came back. About six or seven months later, they called him back again. He said, well, I can't come for a small group. They said, no, no, we have a big group. He went back and he had 5,000 people. Six months later, he called. they called him again. He went back. The next time, he had 25,000 people, and over the weekend, he had 50,000 people. Does that sound like network marketing big time internationally? Those are, those are huge numbers. I mean, huge numbers. Now, the impact on that man's income, he went from about $10,000 a month, or 15 or 20, I forget the number now, to $100,000 a month from his Japanese volume. And he didn't speak a word of Japanese. All he found were Japanese who could lead the parade, who could be leaders in their home country with their relatives, with their friends, their countrymen, and it worked out superbly. I've heard that story, Peter, really, sincerely. In my 12 years, I've heard that hundreds of times, not to that extreme, but the important thing is you don't have to go to that extreme to make a comfortable income. The important thing is international expansion is very powerful, and we, we teach the mechanics of that at the Network Marketing Seminar because we're in the business of making you successful.
Oops, let me kind of tack on to that because um, some people, you know, maybe they just never were taught this stuff before. Maybe they're just not thinking. Um, but let me share with you how you increase your chances of having that happen for you. First of all, if I were building a network marketing company right now, I would be building as big of a base as I possibly could here in the United States. And one of the reasons why is because you increase the frequency of, by which those chance occurrences, Dr. Charles, like you're referencing right there, exactly. can happen in your business. Sure. If you only have two people in your business in the U.S., then you decrease your chances of those types of things happening as your company goes to Japan or as your company opens up in Latin America. But if you start to build your business and you build it with a rock-solid group of 50 people, 100 people here, and then you teach those people, like you just said, Dr. Charles, you know, you get the multiplying factor going on. Right. Go, go to the restaurants in the area. Frequent the Chinese places. Frequent the Spanish places. Frequent these places. Let's put a $30 ad in the local, you know, Hispanic newspaper. You increase the chances of that happening to you. So if you're sharp, what you do is you do all those things to cast your net as wide as you possibly can. So when your company does it, it's going to happen somewhere in your downline. And it doesn't have to happen on your first level to make a measurable difference. Because I'm sure there's a lot of money that it, this gentleman might be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or $100,000 a month, but I'm sure there's a lot of money made by a lot of other people somewhere in the middle as a result of those types of things happening. Yeah, like, another, uh, just a simple tool that costs no money. You become acquainted with the manager of the, of the Oriental restaurant, uh, the Japanese restaurant, whatever, and you ask him, I would like to give a prize for people who come to your restaurant. And he sets up a bowl, and you get their cards dropped in there. And for every month, we will give away a $100, you know, a restaurant ticket. Will everyone put their card in there? I would put my card in there, a, an opportunity for a drawing to win $100 uh, back to this restaurant. $100 a month cost is trivial. Make it $30. Make it whatever the restaurant is appropriate and you can afford you suddenly get from that bowl hundreds of cards of people who are in the ethnic culture who are coming to their restaurant. You can then email them. You can talk to them privately. You can write them notes. You can do all kinds of things to build relationships with those people, either for your downline in this country or as potential con contractors going international. I'm telling you, this is a, a brain brain-simple approach, and it just takes hard work to do it, but it's very, very operational. So the key is going to be is basically open up your mind and maybe take away some of the limitations you might have. Get know, out of the box. Yep. If I'd say right now, okay, how am I going to build my business or expand in China, I, I might start already limiting my thoughts by, I don't know any Chinese, it's such a different culture, it's on the other side of the world, I'm maybe struggling financially. How in the world? That's never going to happen for me. And then you forget that right down the block is a Chinese food place that you probably go to all the time. And if you if you frequent that location and you don't handle it the first time, I would think some common sense and some romancing would probably come into play sure, as well. Of course. You just don't go in there like a buffoon on the first time demanding to see the restaurant manager. If you go there, if you frequent the place, if you're nice, if you're kind, if you leave nice tips, if you just ask a nice favorable thing, I find that most people will help. Sometimes people call me up and they say, well, where am I going to find this information? I say, well, why don't you just go to that Chinese food? You know, where are the Chinese newspapers? How in the world would I know? Why don't you go to the Chinese guy? They always read the newspaper in the back one way or another. 
you know, you'll find the newspapers, you'll find the publications, you'll find the trade shows, you'll find those examples. And some people might be saying, but Peter, what are you doing? What are you talking about? You're in the lead generation business. Don't you want to sell us leads? Of course we're going to sell you leads, but in the same aspect, we sell you leads so you can increase the base of people that can go out there and multiply your business like this. The, the possibilities are endless if you start to think about it the right way. Now, Dr. Charles, do you have any other examples? I mean, I know you said you, you, you're referencing this one, but you deal with people all over the country when they come to your seminar. Do you have uh, any other examples? As a, matter, as a matter of fact, we had an example that's very interesting to this audience. It's called ping-ponging. We went to Korea and delivered our seminar there for two years. The Koreans took this international module and they said, Professor King, how can we penetrate the United States? I said, it's a reverse ping pong. Use the same approach. Contact your relatives in the United States, just like you contact your contacts or you contact uh, local people. I said, contact your relatives in the United States, have them do the same thing, and that is to go into the marketplace and go to regional restaurants where they have credibility and do the same drill except they, in fact, promote the local people into their organization. And it worked. Uh, we had so much feedback from those Korean seminars, ping-ponging, coming back from Korea to the United States through Korean leadership here. I'm telling you, Peter, it works. We have had so much positive feedback from that particular approach. Now, another approach is to really get creative and start doing serious, serious, active promoting among your downline. Think about, as you said exactly, duplicate the process. Get your downline getting creative. I'm, I am strongly... You've been listening to Building Fortunes Radio on buildingfortunesradio.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for the designated Building Fortunes Radio segment with Peter Mingle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website for our featured segments. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. At Building Fortunes Radio, we wish you the success you deserve and are willing to work for. So spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.